It's gonna be a good day Hey, choose your own adventure podcast. I'm Chad, and I'm Eric, and we're here for a yen, another spooky adventure. Another spooky adventure. Surprise. We haven't had enough spooky adventures. Surprise! I think what really happened was that our last couple of of adventures were not very spooky. Is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I mean there was a mystical element, but the spookiness level was lacking. Yeah, we'll in give the it forest a of fear. We'll give it a eight, eight out of ten on 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 a spiritual slash uh, mysticism mystical. Yeah, and like a two on the spooky. But we're hopeful. I was in the half price books the other day. I love that place. And uh, so does my niece. It's her favorite bookstore. She's two and a half years old. She and has she, good taste. And she likes it because they also have toys there. And vinyl. True. And anyway, and I looked at the shelf where they keep the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm-hmm. And there was only one book. And the the sun shone through the roof of the building. <sighs> And glowed on this one choose-your-own-adventure book like an angelic chorus that Chad so wonderfully uh, demonstrated for us. Thanks. And, yeah, it was this book. It was this one book. This one book. What is it? it? It's uh, it's a pretty marvelous book. It is called You Are a Monster. (laughs) Dump, dump, dump. Like Teen Wolf? Sure. I've never seen Teen Wolf. I know nothing about Teen Wolf. Oh my gosh. Except that he's a teen who is also a wolf. I'm just guessing <sighs> that. But. Eric. Yeah, well, look, Chad. I forget how much younger you are than <laughs> me sometimes. Parting the kimono a little bit. I am not a child of the 80s. Um, don't remember much of the 90s. Chad is both of those things. So I have disappointed him once again. One of Michael J. Fox's pinnacle works. Right, behind Back to the Future, of course. I mean, it's really what sprung him into Back to the Future greatness. Okay, fair enough. But, like, there's Teen Wolf. It was a springboard. And then there's, like, Back to the Future, which is, like, a hundred times grander than that. how marijuana is a gateway drug. Right. Like, Teen Wolf was, like, a gateway movie. It was the gateway movie for Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. He's a teen who finds out that he's part werewolf. So I was right. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and his whole family's werewolves. His whole family? Mm-hmm. But yeah. he didn't know. At least he's surrounded by good company, I guess. At least I can teach him the ways the ways of the were. Anyway, wolf. shenanigans ensue. Yeah, so... So we're talking a lot about Teen Wolf. Shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans will <laughs> most certainly ensue in this book, You Are but a Monster. if Michael J. Fox ever wants to come on the pod, we Mikey, be if you m- listen... most happy to have you. Always. Um, and if you have Paul Red's number, yeah, you know, give let him a know. We're still trying to get in touch with his agent. It's uh, a little bit trickier now that he's an Avenger. Uh, I think that's a major obstacle for us at the moment. So, like, if we would have done this, like, five years ago before he was an Avenger, I bet we would have been fine and he would have come on our pod. But now he's, like, a superhero and whatever. So whatever, he's, man. he's a little too cool for us, I guess. But we're, you know, we're never going to give up. 
What number is this book, and who wrote it? Well, let me tell you, Chad, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, this is Choose Your Own Adventure, number 84, and Edward Packard wrote this oh, book. So back it's been to the a while old original. Yeah, good old Ed. Ed. It's always going to come back to Ed, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like a, a warm hug. He is a what? Like a warm hug. A warm hug. I heard worm hug, and I was like, I don't know Those what that good. is. Have you ever tried one? It's I, nice. Not. No. It sounds slimy and wriggly and not great. Really opens up your pores. You know, for a man who dislikes snakes so much, I'm surprised you're okay with worms. Worms are fine. They're, that's, okay. Well, yeah. they are very different things, but at the same time, they're kind of like... I stick them on my fish hook and I catch fish with them, you know? Well, they serve a purpose. I see what you mean. Steaks don't serve a purpose. I mean, they kind of do, but... Like, just like I spreading mean, evil around the world? Them. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly their purpose, Chad. All snakes only spread evil around the entire world. I feel like Harry Potter furthered that myth, and that yep. really didn't help with the snake hatred in the world. Did not. So this pod is for all the snake lovers out there. You keep on loving them snakes, and Will will still not like them very much. Uh, yeah. So we are going to be a monster in this episode, and I hope I you're hope all so. excited. I mean, there was a book called You Are a Shark. We were, were never, ever we were a never shark. ever a shark. But we just made the wrong choice because our friend Kelly I mean, read that we book, and fox. she became a shark. We were a fox, and we were a lot of other things. We were a whale. We were a whale. We were an octopus. True. We were a lot of things, but we were not we a shark. We were never a shark. Uh, I'm hoping, like, if we do not become a monster in this book, I'd, like, what's the point? I don't know. Uh, so that's that's my question for the podcast. What's the point if we be, don't become a monster? Well, let's see if we can answer it. I sure hope we can. All right. Well, let's just um, let's rip our skin off and become a monster. Gross. I don't know. That was just the that, first that, thing that came to my head. It was dark. Well, look, bro. <laughs> Do you have something better? Come on. Come on. Well, first, we need to come together as Jarek. And I uh, I think we'll just uh, scare our way right in. We could morph our way into the book. No, it's not you are a Power Ranger. What about, like, Animorphs? That was a thing. Tyrannosaurus! <laughs> Go! <laughs> anyway. Yeah, okay. Let's just read the book. Let's it's been, like, seven it. and a half minutes hey, of us talking you know what? about Look, Teen Wolf. Who is timing this stuff? We are. I can see the clock. Okay. Well, stop looking at it. Okay. Well. I'm just a little... Uh, shell-shocked, I guess? Yeah, that's a good way like, to put it. Like, that was a lot. It was quite an overwhelming like, beginning. I, Ed took us on a real emotional roller coaster there. He did. I thought, well, never mind. Let's just, let's get into it. I'm um, just going to let you yeah, paint so this word picture. I will paint this word picture. I am first going to dip my brush into the blue paint, because I think that the blue paint is a good place to start. So here we go with the blue paint. So the store opens the store. The store opens really quickly. Do you need a really minute quickly. just to like... No, I just need to... Guys, I even had a hard time like reading these. this whole thing. It's going to be a rough pod. I'm just throwing it out there. It's going to be a great pod. It's going to be a great pod, but hang in there with all of my um, verbal flubs, if you will. So the story opens, and like immediately we are just tossed into the back of this black Mercedes. Sorry, it's a blue Mercedes because I'm painting the story with a blue brush first. Stop laughing at me. 
I wasn't. I saw you over there laughing. Well, great for everyone. Visually, you were very much laughing, and I, I deserved it. Um, So we are kidnapped immediately, um, and there are two thugs like on either side of us, and we're stuck in between them, and and we say, hey, you know, you got the wrong person. I'm, excuse me, not some rich kid. Nobody's gonna pay a ransom for me. And one of them goes, shut up, we want you. And then he sticks a gun in our side. Um, specifically, we know it's the muzzle of a forty-five caliber pistol. Which is weird. Pistol. Yeah. I don't know why as a child we know that, but like, we certainly do. Have we been do. jabbed with a lot of guns? Like, oh, Apparently, no, maybe this isn't like, the first time that we've been kidnapped. You know, we're pretty popular like that, I guess. Maybe it's just the good genes. I mean, Cherik has great genes. I don't know what else to say about that. So, we are... Um, taken to a strange place that we don't know where we are but it's like 10 minutes down the road and we are like so they let us out of the car and we start running and then somebody brings their butt of their gun down on us and we black out so later we wake up in a bed and our head is aching and there's lots of equipment all around and we're wondering like maybe we're just in a hospital and this whole kidnapping thing was a bad dream um, but then a thin kind of stooped man with a clipboard enters and we know immediately like he's not a doctor and he tells us like, don't to be, not to be worried about this bump on our head. Like that's not a big concern right now. We're still the perfect subject for this experiment. And he says that his name is Dr. Hendrik Nair, Hendrik Nair. And so we sit up and we're more frightened now than we even got kidnapped. And we're like, what kind of experiment? What are you talking about? And he looks at us really intensely, and, uh, and Hendrick says, Have you ever heard of genetic engineering? Genetic transplants? And we're kind of, like, too shocked to answer. And then he says, you know, he continues, he's like, Well, I'm an expert in the field, and you are my most important patient. Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, oh, no, you're not going to touch us. And immediately, like, we're looking for a way out of this room, perhaps through the window nearby. But Dr. Nair holds up his hand, and uh, he kind of gives us this creepy grin, right? He's like, oh, it's too late. I've already implanted you with the genes of a young gorilla who was previously implanted with the genes of a giant bear. And so we're like, what? And so Dr. Nair interrupts us. He's like, look, someone's going to bring you some dinner, some books, a TV set. You just got to be relaxed and let it happen. And um, then he leaves. And he locks the door. So we run to the window, and we're, like, uh, on the second story of this rundown building. It's a brick building, and it faces a courtyard. There's some cars parked below, and there's armed guards all around. I think we should call it the facility. The facility? Yeah. Okay, we are trapped in the facility. Yeah. It sounds ominous and nondescript. I like it. It's good. So in the facility... uh, Adjoining our room is a bathroom, and we look inside, but it offers no means of escape for us, and so we're kind of sad about that, and, you know, we're trying to think of a way out, and then we look at our arms, and they seem thicker and longer than what they used to be, and some dark brown hair has has grown on the back of our hands, so we're a little bit freaked out about that, Um, and so, essentially, like, we're in this room for three freaking weeks, you guys. 
and slowly but surely our body is transforming into something but we're too horrified to look in a mirror and actually like take a look at ourselves but they bring us tons of food because we're always hungry and it's so painful like our body is growing and stretching in ways that is not natural and our muscles are growing and our bones are crackling as they transform and like we think our skin is gonna break open because it's stretching so thin but None of that ever happens, and we just keep growing and growing and growing. Um, and we're kind of freaked out, obviously. But, like, we are broader and thicker, more massive and stronger. We can already feel like we're stronger than any human ever has been before. And, like, they've boarded up our room, and they boarded up the door with these, like, three-inch oak planks, and now they're tossing food in from the ceiling. And so we're being treated like a big old animal, which I guess is kind of what we're becoming. And it's just, you know, it's not the best three weeks of our life. It's kind of rough, actually. And so, you know, we feel some teeth growing out of our mouth, and the captors don't ever talk to us. Not like, like, like fangs. Like, yeah, okay. Like not so just like, like teeth, I guess like, that's true. It says canine teeth, like sharp as spikes, is, is what the book says. Like saber-toothed tiger teeth. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. so you've got to... I like it. Visual. That's a, yeah. We know. We didn't know that they were saber tooth tiger teeth well, until later. Well, but we'll get there. Sorry. Totally. I know. It's fine. Jumping on nope. just a bit ahead. But I did talk about the... I'm breaking this book, Chad. It's not Shh. It's not going to go well. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, like, we've tried pleading with our captors, but they're not talking to us. They just toss the food down, and we're, like, roaring out the window like a caged lion. And we're tossing our bed around the room because we're so strong. We can just chuck everything with one arm. But um, no matter what we do, we seem to be trapped in this room. And by the end of the first three weeks, we finally are walking into the bathroom and we bump our head on the door frame walking in, which we haven't done before. And so, perfect. Thanks. And so, <laughs> and so like, that's kind of a big moment for us where we realize okay, we need to look at ourselves in the mirror. Like, what is happening now? We're so gently, we can't even walk through this freaking doorway. Um, we've kind of been pretending to ourselves that we're still the regular, normal kid that we were before. Mm -hmm. um, but we finally look at ourselves, and there is, like, barely anything left of who we were. Um, we have to, like, wiggle from side to side and shrink down to even see all of ourselves in this mirror in the bathroom. And we scream, and it rattles the windows and echoes through the building. And our body is, is enormous and hairy as a gorilla's. And our face is even more frightening. It's got a grizzly bear snout and, you know, uh, saber-toothed tiger fangs. And, like, an overhanging brow on our head that looks like a hammerhead shark almost. And we're so terrified that we smack the bathroom door and it flies off the hinges and the mirror shatters into a million pieces and we roar in agony. And now there's no doubt what has happened. And this is a quote from the book. You are no longer the person you were. You are a monster. Yes. No. Even before we made a choice, guys, we've become a monster. So this book is living up to the title. Um, and then we're like, we're outraged. We're like, how could anybody do this to us? What kind of a man is Dr. Nair? He's the monster, not us. And then we go through like this whole phase of just roaring a lot. So we roar at becoming a monster. Roar. We roar as roar. we like smash through the door roar. and the walls. <coughs> and then so we make our way out. Wow, the, so the sound effects in this episode are fantastic. And so, yeah, we smash open the door and a voice goes, it's loose. 
And Dr. Nair runs in. He's like, I warned you we couldn't hold it. And then they both run out of sight, and we scream, as we charge after them. And they're down the stairs and out the door before we can, can, can catch up. And we reach the courtyard, and they've all jumped into their blue Mercedes. So we, like, grab the car by the back bumper, and we lift the back wheels off of the ground. And they're all screaming at us. But unfortunately, it's front-wheel drive. And they're ma- they, like, they manage to, like, right, like, geez, come on. Give us a break. Um, but no, it's front wheel, and they managed to drive away, and we're left holding the bumper alone. And so we run outside the gate, following the Mercedes as it disappears around the corner. Right. Right. So, like, so much has happened. So much has happened. We've become a monster. We're chasing our captors. They're escaping us in this blue Mercedes. And as we turn the corner, we see it travel around another corner... But we think, oh, crap, we're out in the middle of the city, kind of, and people can see us as a big, giant, hairy beast. So we duck behind a thick clump of bushes. Smart. And we see some cars driving ahead. And the two cars that are coming this way are cop cars. And one of them blocks the entrance to this facility. Um, The cops jump out, and they're, like, ready to draw their guns and go in and check out this facility. And we figure they must have been tipped off about Dr. Nair... Um, because obviously we've been kidnapped and hopefully somebody's been looking for us for the past three weeks. Um, but they're too late, obviously. And we're like, if only they had found out about this three weeks ago, then I would still be the normal kid that I was inside of this freakish monster that we are now. So like a cop runs inside the courtyard and is yelling and the other one pulls his gun. And so now we're like, okay, should we come out and explain what happened? I mean, the cops are on our side. Obviously, they're here to arrest Dr. Nair. But we're a big monster now, and one of them might be kind of freaked out and blow us away. So, if we come out of hiding, turn to page 87. Or if we stay hidden, turn to page 14. Eric, you did such a good job. Oh, thanks. It was a lot. It was a lot. But uh, you know, your, your sound effects really helped out. Thanks. Really kind of brought the whole thing together. All right. Chad, do you want to know what I think? I do. I've had a lot of time I to think about it. I was just going to ask you, what do you think we should do? I think we should stay hidden for the following reasons. Okay. One, where you look like a monster. Well, that's a good first reason. Two, I'm not convinced that we can actually speak English right now. Really? Well, like, we, we think English to ourselves. But all the communication that we've had with other people has been oh, growls. Growls. You're right. We've only been roaring at people. Roaring at people. So that makes me think that while we might be able to like retain our human thinking, maybe we can't speak human. Oh, so even no. if we come out and we're like, hey, policeman, you found me. I'm Cherik. Like, it's, it's just, just all, like, like Chewbacca, but worse. Yeah. Yeah, then it's just done for. Chad, that concerns me. Like, what if it's just, like, we regress even further than that, and we just turn into a complete monster and even lose our, our thinking capabilities? It's possible. We might not be done with the transformationing. Oh, my gosh. That's terrifying. Okay, was there another reason that you had to not jump out and frighten the police? Just those two, really. One, we look like a monster. Two, we probably can't speak actual English to them. Oh, and three, well, you made the noises. We'll probably, probably just get, get shot. shot. Um, yeah. Number two, I'm speculative about. 
I don't know. We, we don't know that for a fact. We don't, we don't know that we cannot. That is a wild assumption on my part. But not a bad assumption based on the facts of the book that we've read so far. I haven't actually seen the text, but I imagine the RARs were in quotes. They were. And I wonder if, like, our thoughts to ourselves were in quotes or not. So, like, anything quoted... Right. They as, were in as caps, our speech and they were was, quotes. So was like, roars. Was just enormously loud. Roars! Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I'm a scary monster, and I know how they roar, which was yeah. like that. That's just, like, my... There is honestly a part of me that, like, wants to believe that they won't immediately shoot us, but I feel like that's a foolish notion. Um, I feel like we get... Like, they're already on high alert, you know right. what I mean? Uh, no, you're... I mean, like, you're right. they got itchy you're right. trigger fingers right. And right they're now. looking for, like, a kid. If they did come to this facility because of the kidnapping, like, they're not expecting to see a giant hairy beast. They're trying to find a young child who's been kidnapped. And if anything, they'll think the beast took the kid. Yeah, and, like, ate him for breakfast. Like, in Beauty and the Beast. Like, the beast was a nice guy, but everybody thought he was evil because he was a freaking beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's freaking Taylor as old as time, man. Song as old as rhyme, bro. Yep. No, I think that you're right. Let's stay hidden because I don't want to die just yet. I think let's just stay hidden and see what happens. Also, though, counterpoint. They might not be there looking for us. We are stronger, buffer, thicker than, like, anybody's ever been. Do you think bullets will even, like, hurt us? Yeah. You think so? People can shoot gorillas. Yeah, but we're not, like, just a gorilla, bro. We're like, we're like a, a super gorilla, gorilla bear. Yeah. I don't know. We're, I mean, like, I'm not saying that it won't hurt us. I don't us. think we're, like, bulletproof. I'm just saying it probably won't kill us. Maybe not, but I don't want to take the chance. Okay, but what about this? Like, did you think about the song, Bulletproof? Fire away, fire away. I, I bulletproof. Nothing to lose. Got nothing to lose. I'm a big, heavy monster. Please don't shoot me. What if we just sang to them? That's pretty reasonable. It's beautiful. Okay. It's like Chewbacca singing a fucking lullaby. I bet a Wookiee lullaby is just beautiful, okay? <laughs> All right, no. So can let's, we stay uh, hidden? Let's stay hidden. Please. Let's stay hidden and turn to page 14. I mean, not quite a surprising turn of events. I mean... I mean, it could have gotten a lot worse. A lot of it was kind of to be expected, being the fact that we're a monster loose in town. That's true. But we stay hidden in the bush. We do. And we decide to work on practicing our English because, you know, our vocal cords have changed. Like, right. we have to kind of relearn how to talk. You were spot on. Thanks. And uh, so the cops come, they look around, you know, like you, we kind of wonder like what they think of all the like the wood splinters and stuff. But soon after, like they leave, uh, we know like we know they'll be back. And we like quickly realize like, hey, we got to figure out what to do because we're a giant monster loose in the city and we have no money and we're really hungry because we eat as much as, like, three people. God, so hungry all the time. And so we're like, okay, well, we're in the richest part of town, so we start to, like, move. Like, just travel down the street, you know, trying to stay hidden behind hedges and trees and whatever. Massive as best foot we can. over massive foot. And uh, 
we haven't gone very far, maybe a couple blocks, and we pop through a hedge and startle a woman who's like cutting flowers in her yard. And she and she screams and screams for help every step of the way, running back to the house. And the maid comes out the side door and sees us and screams and yells. And soon we can hear the sirens coming up on the house. So we abandon the idea of like trying to be stealthy at all, and we just like book it down the middle of the street, mm-hmm. like full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. And cars are honking and swerving and crashing and and breaking and people are yelling at us and screaming but we just like ignore all of it and we're just like focused right we're just like booking it and uh pretty soon like we turn down a side street and we're kind of like out in the country a little bit so there's like not as many people around there's woods on one side of the road and on the other side there's an expansive lawn leading to a giant mansion Beyond which is just, like, giant wooded area. And we think, okay, here's our chance. You know, if we can make it across this lawn, like, past this house, we can get into those woods and be safe, like, from the police. Right. Which we assume are, like, hunting us. So, we do that. We do. And um, we take... We we get partway through, I guess. Um, and... And we decide to, you know, we're pretty well hidden, we're well off the road, and we kind of take a quick rest behind this tree because we, like, realize, like, one, as well, like, ripped and built as, as we are, like, we haven't had much exercise, so, like, our cardio's been pretty weak, right, so we get worn out pretty easy. Oh, yeah, and also we're drinking like hulking monsters. So right, like, and we've been stuck in a room, you know what I mean? It can't be that easy to run for a you long time. You can't keep a monster in a cage, you know? We're probably like an alligator where we can run really fast for like a little bit. and then I think we could run really gone. fast for a long time. It's just that we're out of shape was my point. So what we need to do is go to training, a gym. Training montage. Right. I the tiger style. Cue Rocky music. Burm. Yeah, but first we decide to take a rest, and uh, just as we're like chilling, like we hear these growls, and there's like these two giant German shepherds. I mean, quote unquote giant. I mean, comparatively to us, they're like little babes. So, like one lunges at our necks, we catch him midair and like slam him against a tree, and then the other one. Uh, starts to, like, whimper, I guess, and back... Because we kind of, like, charge at him with right. our hands We're in the like, air. We're like, And so he starts, he, like, whimpers and, like, sits down, and the other one kind of comes over and... And we're like, good dogs, good dogs. Yes, yeah, so we like we pet don't them, hurt them, and then, you know, like, we've made our peace. And then we hear someone, um, yell out at us from a branch in the tree. And she says, Romeo, oh, Romeo, wherefore art thou, giant Romeo? Close. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Your you, you monster hair looks on. luscious tonight. It's this little girl. And she's like, says she like, you know, she's like, hey, I see you. I see you. And we're like, whoa, hey. And P.S. This is the first time I've realized so far, like, we're actually speaking English, which like. Right. Okay, and so we're like, uh, we're like, hey, I see you too, you know, whatever. 
So we like strike up a combo with this little girl. We find out she lives in the house, like the big mansion there. Mm-hmm. We ask her why she wasn't scared of us. She says, you know, because we were nice to her dogs, that she knew that we were a nice monster. And she tells us, like, the police have been searching for us and we're all over the news. And she asks <laughs> us, like, why yeah, we, we know why we haven't gone home. And we're like, well, we just didn't know how our parents would react, you know, their son being a monster and all. And she's like, well, if you want to, you can stay here. We have a lot of food. Like, um, I'm sure my parents will be fine with it. Like, basically, she can get them to do whatever she wants kind of a deal. And uh, and so kind of that's our choice. Like, we could stay here with uh, her name is Amanda Vandergraft. And so we could stay here and hang with Bandy. Or uh, we could go home to our parents. First of so, all. Oh, here, I'll read the actual choice. If you decide to accept Amanda's invitation, turn to page 65. If you decide to go home, turn to page 55. Amanda Vandergraft is a great name for a rich little girl. So kudos to you, Ed. As far as our choice goes, I feel like we should stay. Um, we are a big hulking monster, and we have proven our honor and purity to Amanda. If we go home... There's nothing that will be able to convince our parents that we're their child. You know what I mean? Except for, like, our torn clothing. I imagine this Hulk, like, you know. Like, like we're just wearing the purple we, like, shorts. Like, we have, like, the shorts and, like, the remains of right. a t-shirt. Like, I guess we could try to convince them with, like, our knowledge, obviously. Like, we would know history with our family. Like in Big. Sure, yeah. We're pretty much, we're like Tom Hanks now. Um but like I, Gorilla Tom Hanks. But, right, exactly. Um, but, <laughs> but, like, are we going to have the opportunity to explain ourselves to our family when they see a gigantic monster show up at their front door? I don't know. I, what if we went to the back door? Well, that would just change everything. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'd let us in the back door? No, Chad, I don't. I don't even think we could fit in the back door, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking we got a friend here in Amanda, and we should try and like live in this big mansion for. What's going on over Nothing. here? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. I'm fine. Uh huh. Giant mansion, Mandy. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. a friend. She's a friend. Yeah. She knows we're nice. Right. We're a good yep. monster. I think that we should go with that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm on board. Okay. Well, that was easy. Yeah. No, I, I I think that's where I was kind of leaning anyway. It seems like more fun, you know, giant mansion and all. Right? Like living a high life. Mandy Vandergraft. I bet they even have a pool table. Maybe. Or an actual pool. <sighs> we could take a bath. And they have tons of food. That's a monster-sized bathtub. Mm-hmm. Maybe throw some Epsom salts in there. Oh, yeah. Really get our, our um, oh, what's it called? Effervescence on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll really just soak it up, you know? Yep. She did say they have a lot of food, and we are very hungry, so I think we should just... I mean, like, for a day or two. Yeah. Not for, like, ever. Well, no, of course not. Just till we figure some stuff out. Maybe we call our parents on the telephone. Right, yeah. We should definitely, like, try to warn them before we just, like, show up. Or have Mandy call them and be like, hey, can you come to this mansion? Your kid's here. Right. And they'll be like, oh, okay. he's a scary monster, but he's nice. Right. He's a nice, scary monster, because obviously you raised a child. Like in Monsters, Inc. Exactly like Monsters, Inc. We are like a big... What was his name? I don't know. Me either. The blue one. It's going to bother me. Sully! 
We're like a big Sully, except we're not blue and purple. We're black and scary and nice. So we'll accept Amanda's invitation. Perfect. And turn to page 65. I love it. All right. I like it. So, uh, Mandy Vandy comes through again, man. She does. Mandy Vandy is the boss. She's the bee's knees. Um, so, here's what happens. We say, look, Amanda, we would love to stay with you. And so she leads us through, like, the courtyard, past tons of statues, past cabanas, and all these amazing tennis courts, and this huge swimming pool, and we finally get to the mansion. And we look at all these fancy cars in the driveway, which is, like, decorated with pink stone or whatever. It's just, you know, hoity-toity stuff like that. And Amanda's like, ooh, daddy's home. Let me introduce you. And we're like, hold up. Hold up. Maybe you should warn him before you just show uh, me to him. And she's like, that's probably a good idea. So she tells us to hide in the cabana, which we do. And we hide in there for what seems like a long time. And so we kind of think maybe it's not going well and that the Vanderbilts are probably calling the police. Uh, not Vanderbilts, Vandergrafts. The Vanderbilts were real people. I apologize. Um, and eventually Amanda's like, hello, come out. Uh, and we do. And outside the cabana is like her parents, the butler, the cook, like all of their handymen and handywomen who help them around the house. And they all gasp. <gasps> at our form, and you know the butler almost stumbles back into the pool. Um, miss, he, he he doesn't go. Speech. Oh. He almost stumbles back. Into the pool. Would have been funnier if he did, but I'm just you know you just that's not what happened. I know. Um, Mr. Vanderbilt is the oh not Vander. I'm gonna say that every time. Mr. Vandergraft is Charles the, Vandergraft. Oh yes, Charles Vandergraft is the only one who isn't freaked out. He's like, pleasure to meet you, sir. Amanda's told me so much about you already, and she's convinced me that you are a nice monster, and you are more than welcome to stay in our humble mansion. Abode. You're like, I got a freaking name, Charlie. Yeah, bro. Look, you can call me Cherick, okay? And not the good monster. So we're like overwhelmed not by their some kindness. Sort of ABC drama. Is it not? It's close enough. The good monster. The good monster. That could be a great show. It could be. Anyway, uh, keep on. Really subvert expectations, you know. So they like Amanda takes us to this amazing suite with like silk curtains and an oh, amazing room. Good. Like, yeah, more beautiful than anything we could have imagined. And over the next three weeks, we're, like, one of their most treasured guests in the house. Mrs. Vanderbilt teaches us French, which is apparently easier for us Don't believe me, ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, this is France. And the dinner here is never second best. Take a glance and then you'll be our... Guess, be our guest, put your service to the And we'll just start all over again until you all go fucking insane. Um, oh, one for Eric. Uh, excuse me, you had one like a long time ago. So that's, <laughs> we're tied now. Thank you very much. Um, I love that we keep track of this now. We're like scorekeepers in our swear words. Like, maybe we should stop swearing. But even better, we should just count how many times we do swear. That makes it so much better. So somehow. Great. So, that's two. <laughs> two. 
So before Chad started singing uh, that song, where was I? Oh, yes. The Vanderbilts. The Vanderbilts. Oh, my God. I'm just going to call them the Vanderbilts. The Vandergrafts. The Vanderbilts. <laughs> the Vander people are wonderful. And they, the teach us, they teach us French. We're practicing piano. We're getting all sorts of culture living in this house for three weeks. And it's pretty much spectacular. We are playing tennis with Amanda, and we finally managed to, like, do better than her. She was whooping our butt for a while, but she can still beat us in swim races. So, like, our arms aren't really made to paddle through water very well. They're not made for swimming. They're made for throwing things. I was going to say made for, like, ripping heads off shoulders, but that too. Hmm. For ripping heads off shoulders and then throwing them. Mm -hmm. Naturally. So, like, it's a great three weeks, but everybody... Including us knows that like this can't last forever, right? Or we just become an Avenger. I don't think the Avengers are in this particular world, but maybe we could be the first one. I mean, like, let's just we're become basically a like the hero. Hulk. Yeah, Ooh. you know. Well, that's not an option. I'm sorry to say. Again, like option C, which is the best option, is work for the government in this table. secret black ops organization where we go around saving the world from threats that nobody even knows exist dude we could crush it right literally yeah we could literally crush it and how many people can say that that's all i'm saying i think it's a great idea good piece of chance you know all we are saying is give peace a chance you nailed it so Everybody's talking about Kevin. Look, you got me on that. That's your fault. <laughs> so one night at dinner time, we're all gathered around the table, and Mr. Vandergraft is like, Look, we must do something about this. There's this wonderful doctor, Dr. Ferenzi, who works at the federal hospital and who is like a genius in genetics. And he's got this whole wing just for genetic genetic uh manipulation and things like that, like kind of what got you into this whole mess. Maybe he would be able to help. And then Amanda's like, well, why would we get that doctor when we could get Dr. Nair? He was the one who turned him into this monster in the first place. We love short shorts. What? Nair. It was the commercial. Okay, you lost me on that one. Nair's a lotion no, that you I smear on yourself got, that got makes it. your hair go away. Got it. I got that. I know that much. I didn't know the in commercial. In the commercial, it goes, we love short shorts. You love short shorts. Because they don't have any hair on, yeah. on, on their legs. Yeah. First of all, that's not even cool. Like, short shorts are still in style, even if you have hairy legs, people. Don't let that commercial fool you. They just want your money. Okay? Okay. So, where was I for the 17th time? Um, right, so Amanda's like, look, we could catch Dr. Nair, and we could make him undo his evil work. And Mr. Vandergraft is like, hmm, perhaps, perhaps. I'm Charles Vandergraft, and I think that maybe that could work. It's a possibility, yes. Yes. Um, and then Mrs. Vandergraft is like, well, how could we trust Dr. Nair to do what we need him to do? And Amanda's like, we don't trust him. We make him. I'm sure Dr. Nair knows what a 45 feels like against his neck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Vandergraft kind of looks at us and he's like, well, what do you want to do? You're the freaking monster, bro. And we're like, look, okay. So if we agree to enter the federal hospital to meet with Dr. Forenzi, turn to page 62. Or if we ask the Vandergrafts to hire detectives to find and capture Dr. Nair for us, turn to page 67. Chad, this is kind of a doozy. Hmm. Or is it just me? Do you know what you want to do over there? Hmm. I have one suspicion. You have a suspicion. What was the hospital doctor's name? 
Forenzi. I have a suspicion that Dr. Forenzi and Dr. Nair are one in the same. See, that was my first, like, suspicion is that these rich hoity-toity people know Dr. Nair and they're kind of maybe in on it somehow. Mm. Because they're so casual with us as a monster. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, oh this is... At the same time, though, we've been in their house for like three weeks and nothing's happened. What's that happened, movie? This so. is really Get Out-esque. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 I can see that. Like the rich people or the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Except instead of like racist, they're... Maybe Vanderbilt Graft. Yeah. See, I got you doing it. Vandergraft hired Dr. Nair. See? To do this. You never know what the rich will do, man. It's the one person you gotta watch out for. Maybe... In a sick twist, Mandy Vandergraft is a real fucker who's doing all of this. this <gasps> she's not. She's girl. not even. She's not really ten, though. Oh my gosh, she's gotten genetic, and See? she's like really hundred and seventy. Exactly, but she's but she's genetically modified herself back into being ten years old. And she's really Charles and Mrs. Grand Vandergraft's mom. This is Get Out esque. Dang. I mean, we're kind of turning it into that. <laughs> Okay, so maybe all of this is just pure speculation that probably isn't true. I do true. really feel like Dr. Nair and Dr. Forenzi. Forenzi might be the same person. Honest honest to God suspicion. Hmm. I don't know about the same person, but maybe they're in league together. It would be interesting if they, if they are the same person. That's kind of a, a cool plot twist that could potentially like, happen. Like, I feel like they're the same dude. Yeah. I mean, they're both studying genetic manipulation. And so. How can they both be like at the top of their field right you know what i mean well, I mean, you know they're like rivals and what if they like hate each other maybe or i really what don't if feel they're like, identical twins i don't feel like ooh, good twin bad twin mm, that'd be fun mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't feel like this kind of genetic manipulation can just be easily untwined that's kind of what i'm thinking like even if dr frenzy is an expert if he hasn't experimented on these sorts of things, like, how is he going to undo what has already been done to us? Right. I think, you know, obviously Dr. Nair is the best option as far as reversing the effects. Plus, I want some effects. revenge. Only Dr. Nair knows what he did to us. Not even we know what he did to us. We were unconscious. You want revenge? For turning us into a monster? How do you not? I mean, how, do we, how are we going to get revenge, though? One, change us back. Or two... Rip his arms off. Yup. Okay, I see that. I see where you're coming from. Like Deadpool. Deadpool style. I was thinking like, you know, Chewy. Ripping people's arms off. Yeah. Well, that, but you know, Deadpool, like, that was the whole plot of the first movie. Fix me, and he's like, I can't fix you. And you're like, well, I'm going to kill you now. Right, right. Spoiler okay. alert. Yeah, whatever. It's just Deadpool. It's a pretty old movie. Yeah. Pretty, it's like four years old. Classic. I saw it on it's not AMC. A, it's not a classic. You cannot say that's a classic. <laughs> I don't know if Deadpool will ever be revered as a classic. <laughs> I saw it on AMC right uh, in between Casablanca and Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Casablanca, Deadpool, Gone with the Wind. Why don't you just put it up there with Citizen Kane? It's pretty much like redefined Rosebud. cinema. Rosebud. <laughs> That's that movie, right? No, it is. It absolutely is. That's why I'm <laughs> laughing over here. I, you actually shocked me. I wasn't expecting Rosebud. I'm from old. You, you are um, uh, well-versed in cinema, my friend. Thanks. I didn't even go to film school. Uh, so. Not that anybody here did. 
Right. But somebody might have. People go there. It's a thing. It's quite popular these days. Who doesn't? So want to we're going to find Doctor Nair, right? Is that what we're going to do? I. We're going to hire to detectives do. to find and capture Doctor Nair. Yeah. Totally down for that. I think the forensic thing could be kind of cool. I think it would be maybe an interesting twist well, on the let's story. Put a pinky in it. Okay. I'm I'm okay with a pinky in it. I got two, so we can use one for that. Okay. Perfect. Well, let's go to sixty-seven and try to find Doctor Nair. Well, that was a lot. That was a lot. What page did I start on, even? 67? 67, sounds right. Okay, um... Okay. Let me just see so. if... Okay, so... Let me just see if I can do this. I, I mean, of course quickly. you can do it. I believe in you. Um, I'm going to try to not look at the book a ton. Perfect. So, here's what happened. We hired a detective. Yeah, her name was Harna Flangerburn. Zaina Herney. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Zaina Herney, that they made me read, not even kidding, 47 times. In yeah, the they never just called her the first name. It was they never both. just called her Zaina. It was always Zaina Herney, private detective. Guess what, guys? She was a ginger. She was a ginger. We find it hard to believe that she was, like, actually a PI, but, hey, she seemed nice enough, so whatever. And she found Dr. Nair. She did find Dr. Nair, and she says, hey, look. He bought a house in a town like 50 miles from here. We tracked him through the purchase of lab equipment. And it sounds like he's setting up another lab in this new house to probably like do this again to some other kid. And we're like, grr. And, uh, and she's like, hey, I even have a picture of him. And she says, of a picture. And we're like, oh, no. Hey, wait, Zena. Yeah, definitely not him. Nice try. Not Dr. Nair. I could never forget that man's face. She's like, actually, it is Dr. Nair. He genetically manipulated himself to change his appearance which is probably good news because if he can do that to himself and only change his appearance and not turn himself into a monster that means he could probably turn you back and we're like but how do you know it's him oh that crafty devil and she says through voice analysis oh so we got a hold of a lecture that he did a few years ago and then compared it to a phone recording that we made the other day and it's a complete match and so we're like, great. And Mr. Vandergraft is like, go get him, you know? Right. So then, the next day. We wake up. We go downstairs. Through the great hall. Through the living room. Across the foyer. Through the library. Through the formal dining room. Through the second dining room. Through right. the informal dining room. Across the sunroom. Right, through the conservatory. Through this conservatory. Down the secret passageway. To Mr. Graf's, Vandergraaf's office. Yes. Where Dr. Nair is tied up in a chair and two security guards are standing guard. Yeah, nice. Henchmen, I feel like, is the better word to be yeah, They're not really security guards, but they are a standing guard. Yeah. And Zaina Herne is there, and Mr. Vandergraaf and Mandy Vandy, and uh, us. Right, because we went all that way to get there. Yeah. And so we're finally face-to-face with the man who did this to us. And we confront him, and we're like, you have to change his back. And he basically is like, I don't know what will happen. He's like, uh, I've never tried to do that before. Like, it might not go well. I don't think I can do it. And Mr. Raincraft is like, you know what? Well, you better do it, because if you don't, it's going to be the last thing you do, pretty much. Right. We will end you. Pretty much, it's like, do this or I'm going to kill you. 
but it wasn't like spelled exactly out that way. It's more like do this or your whole career in life will be over. Yeah. But yeah. not in a murdery sort of way. It, it was in a very like permanent sort of way. Right, but Charles Van de Graaft would never murder a human being. No, that's why he hired the henchmen. Oh, yes, that's, that's right. So, anyway, fast forward <laughs> to us like writhing and wriggling in pain on a bed. Like, there's a lot of time jumps in this book. And, uh, and so they've done the procedure to turn us back. And for, you know, it goes into a lot of detail about, like, the fangs fall out of our mouth and fur's falling off. And, and it hurts just like it did before. And our bones yeah. are shrinking and we're getting shorter. The most important thing is, like, it's almost exactly the reverse process of what we went through to become a monster. Yeah. So it takes yada, yada, freaking yada. forever. And it hurts a lot. It's so painful, guys. But, Don't ever get yourselves turned into a monster. But it was successful. Hi. And we wake up and everybody's standing around our bed and smiling. And Mandy's brought in a full-length mirror into our room. And she's like, check yourself out. And we are exactly the same as we used to be, if not maybe even slightly better looking. I think we are a little bit more handsome than we used to be. I think so, too. A little more chiseled, a little more buff, I think. Mm -hmm. The muscles kind of, you know, hung around a little bit. Plus, I imagine we're probably stark naked. Probably so. We look damn good. You're welcome, Mandy. Yeah. You know? Exactly. We're like the freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then we asked Mandy to marry us, and then there was the wedding, and right, and, and, then, and then we make beautiful babies. Yeah. Except once really. both of us hit puberty. Right. Nat down the road <laughs> when we're married and twenty-three. There's a long future for us and Mandy Vandergraft, I think. Yeah. But no, before I, all I of that, that happens, then we inherit the family fortune. Um, we, we need to deal with Doctor Nair. Naturally. He can't do this again to anyone else. No, we cannot let him. And certainly, Mr. Vandegraft has his first option. You know, the murdery right. um, option. But uh, I don't know if it was Zena or Mandy or us came up with the idea. Oh, it was definitely us. I think it was us. You came up with the idea of, like, well, why don't... If you can gen- genetically manipulate a person's appearance, surely you can genetically manipulate their personality. So why don't we have Dr. Nair genetically manipulate his personality from being a psychopath to being, like, a nice guy? And Dr. Nair's like, no, I can't do that because that messes with my brain. If I mess with my brain, I'm not going to be able to right. lose all my, like, genetic transmutation experience. Essentially, he says, like, it, it all changes. You can't lose part of your personality without keeping <coughs> the rest of it. Right. His intelligence will go away. And we're like, sounds great. Like, I don't see the downside to this. Like, the whole point is that you can't do this again. Right. This all seems like a positive to me. And so we're like, uh, do it. Or die. And Mr. Vandegraaff, yeah, basically, is like, you're going to do this, or there's a very permanent alternative to you not doing this. You will swim with the fishes. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Vandegraaff does not mess around. And you will not like the fishes. They're not nice. They will eat you. Is it sharks with freaking laser beams? With freaking laser beams on their heads. Anyway, um, so, several years... Months, days, you know I don't what? Know. No, that was that part was strange because it was like he spent several years in no, prison. No, I think so. 
here's Miss. Think of this as like the end of the movie where we like see a picture of the character and then there's like a short paragraph of like what it's happened like in their future. Freeze frame, sort of. You know thing. what I mean? Okay. Okay. So, Doctor Nair gets transformed. He spends several years in prison. He's a nice guy. He's forgotten all about his transmutation stuff and and he lives his life out as a shoe salesman he finds a nice shoe job and he lives in his apartment with his dog mr squiggles definitely and he grows old has a beard and dies peacefully in his sleep but then like you see just as as uh he's like going to sleep one night like the camera pans over and there's a book on his nightstand and it's like Genetic Transmutation by Dr. Nair. Dum, dum, dum. You know, and then fade to black. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then Like, he's fades. not smart, but he's still, like, interested in it. Like, he doesn't know about it, but right. it's still, like, a part of him. Naturally. And then, yeah. like, who knows what will happen next. But right. then it fades back in. Fades back in. On Cherik. On Cherik. Yeah. So just after we're turned back human and we go home to our parents, who are very excited to see us. Right, they were so worried. They were so worried about us. Uh, we fit through the back door just fine. And um, because we're not a big, scary monster anymore. Just normal-sized Cherik. And, and Mom's so excited to see us. And Dad's like, honestly, it's probably a better... It's probably a good thing that you didn't come home when you were a monster. Like, we don't, you know, we're not sure how we would have handled probably it. Probably wouldn't like, have gone very well. Would not have gone well. Mm -hmm. Like, you made the right decision. Go us. Um, yeah, and we start school next week, and uh, that's... We live our life as a normal human. Yeah. yeah. Get married to Mandy Vandy. Yeah. Inherit the family fortune. Inherit the Mandegraaff fortune, and... Uh, and uh, happily ever after. Blah, 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 so. blah. Yeah. The end. The end. That's it. Yep. That's it. We, like, crushed the book. Honestly. Could oh. we have found a better ending? I mean, no. Did we find the best ending? I think we found the best ending. I have two things to say. First thing being, I don't feel like genetically altering your appearance and genetically altering your personality are, like, the same thing. I Like, is your personality part of your genetic makeup? I wonder. Well, I mean, one of life's biggest questions. One would argue that your personality is simply a series of chemical impulses and neurons that have mapped together based on your experiences of you growing up. Right. So is that something that you can actually go back and genetically alter? Well, if you genetically altered your, like, neural synapses to, you know, map in a different way, I think. So you're almost like changing getting, your like memories, getting a lobotomy, you know? Oh, Okay. 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 That's fine. That's cool. I can get that. Whatever. It's a book, Eric. Um, it's a fictional book. Number two. I feel like the choices in the book were not very difficult. And I think that that's why we had such an easy time getting through it is because, like, there, I feel like there was always a, a clear cut, like, this is obviously the more logical, better choice for us to make. Or maybe we're just really good at it. I mean, that might be part of it. But, like, versus, like, hiding from a policeman with guns versus popping up and showing ourselves as a scary monster. Or, like, accepting <laughs> the friendship of someone who already accepts us as a monster versus, like, surprising our parents as a giant monster. And, like, going to a doctor who has no idea what's happened to us versus finding the doctor who did this to us. 
You know, like sure. they weren't necessarily the trickiest of choices to make. So, I mean, obviously, like it's seventy-five at least percent of us being badasses of these books, twenty-five-ish percent of it being like not difficult. No, choices. I'm with you. Like they were pretty obvious. I feel like right, choices. exactly. Like not ones where we had to really right. There was never like an impossible choice to make. Right. Like when we really had to mull over and we're like, we're like, just on. like I have no idea. Like, right. Flip a coin, man. We exactly. didn't even open up a Dove chocolate. We this didn't open time. up one Dove chocolate because this was pretty simple. Like we I had some followed... pretty nasty gummy candies, oh, but that was God. It was so bad. Why did I you even buy those? I even told me. I even told him they were bad, and they still ate yeah. them. Chad was like, it's, "These are so gross." I was like, "Well, I want to try one," and it was definitely a bad decision. Why do people do that? Like I warned you. Well, I don't know. It's curiosity, man. It kills the cat. It killed my taste buds. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm gonna trust you from now on. Um. I don't know, man. I feel like we crushed this book. I don't think that Do we need to go back. Do you want to go back? I don't, I don't really want to. That hospital choice was intriguing. It was intriguing, but it's unnecessary, in my opinion. Because we were a monster, and we figured it out, and we yeah. became human again. Yeah. Like, we followed the story to its logical and best conclusion, I think. Is this one of those where we just really feel like we don't need to use our response? I mean, we just like slam dunked it. I don't feel like we need to use it. How do you feel over there? I feel great in the conclusion of our story. It's complete. I agree that we have not, uh, probably could not find a better ending. Right. Um, and that it seems contained. Uh, the only way, the only reason I would do it is just for the entertainment of our listeners to read more of this book to see what other ridiculous things may happen to us. Agreed. But perhaps we should leave them with a decently length podcast <laughs> for once. No, let's just keep going for another four and a half hours. We'll split it into six episodes. Yeah, okay. Of the same book. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, you are a monster part no, one, two, I'm three, with you. four, you five. Guys, and six. You guys check out this book. It was actually like it's actually pretty good. Like, a, no, there's a lot a, of reading, it but it story. was a good story. Like, it no. had a lot of twists and turns. And like, there would definitely be some interesting choices to make. The front didn't actually tell us how many different endings there were, so I would be curious to know how many. Um, it doesn't. Oh, 13. 13. Okay, so not the most. But, like, I bet some of the choices that we didn't make would lead to other interesting choices as well. Yeah, I sure. bet there's ones where, like, we get caught by the police, right. or, like, yeah. we're, like, caged turned as over a to a government, yeah, yeah exactly. like, etc. Like, right. the FBI or the CIA come in, or mm -hmm. who knows. Mm -hmm. But, no, I feel I feel very content. We become an Avenger. Or we become an Avenger. Like a superhero. Right. That was a quality. That is a good storyline. We could at least, like, we'll start our own book about that. Um, okay. Are we going to say anything else? Did you learn anything? Did I learn anything? Um, what did Jarek learn? Don't let yourself freaking get kidnapped. Yeah, like that was in the first three sentences. Yeah, like we just started out with a bang, which is great. Stranger danger. Um, I don't know. I would say like... Was this spooky? Do you feel like it was spooky? It wasn't spooky no, at all. It, wasn't it was spooky definitely all. not spooky. Our non-spooky streak continues. What we need to do is find one of those goosebumps to choose your adventures. I bet those would be spooky. That's what we should have done for Halloween. Yeah. Why didn't we think of that? Well, you know, you know, you can't find them a lot at half-price books, but it's too late now, so maybe next year. Who knows? Um, 
I don't know if I did really learn. No, I don't know if I learned anything. Um, except maybe, like, trust the people who trust you. I don't know. Like, I feel like we followed our intuition pretty well with Amanda, with, with Mandy Vandy. Mm-hmm. Because she was like, look, I can see that you're a good guy. You know what I've learned? Like, the reason Mandy Vandy trusted us is because we showed kindness to someone else. Right. That's true. And so, like, even though you may think that, like, nobody's watching mm. and, like, you mm-hmm. can be as mean as maybe you feel like you want to be because maybe your week's been complete shit. Right. Or whatever. And you just want to be mean to someone because just to be mean, you know? It'll like, make you feel better. It'll make you feel... Just don't. Because people are watching. That's true. Mandy Vandy's hidden in a tree. And if we would have, like, killed her dogs and ripped them in half, like, she would have called the cops. Oh, yeah, she would have. But because we were nice and we petted them and didn't, you know, reprimand... when I mean, we threw the one into a tree, but he right, did But, like, he was... Yeah, us. he was charging us. Like, that's you know just what I mean? self-defense. So, like... Be nice when no one's looking. No, I guess that's, that's actually, the thing. That is a good point. Yeah. Be like nice you, when you think nobody's looking. You I always have a I choice, I think. Yeah. Like, even if, you know, someone is charging at you, you don't have to fight violence with violence necessarily. Granted, we have the upper hand. But, like, someone is always watching. And you don't know what's going to come from an interaction where you are a good person or a nice person or a friendly person versus, like, a grumpy asshole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I think that's it. I think that's a solid. That's a solid. Uh, that's a solid point, Chad. Well, you led me there. Very well done. Well, you know, we uh, we piggybacked off of each other to find the learning moment from "You Are a Monster." Uh, thanks to all our friends who make this podcast happen. Check us out online at cherrypodcast.com, and you can find links and bios to all those folks who help us. Absolutely, make you absolutely this thing can. Oh, also windsurfer. Who wrote the uh, theme song? Just released a sick new music video, and they have it out on like Facebook and oh, stuff. Oh, really? So go check it out. It's well, called "Burning Summer." Heck, I'll go check that out. And it's super good. Nice. I, you know what? And you know, they're our sponsor for this week. This week's podcast is brought to you by Windsurfer, and go check out their sick new music video, "Burning Summer," on Facebook. Dope. Well said, Chad. Well said. And probably other places too. On the line. It's on the line. On the line. It's on the yeah. line. The, oh, their their website's linked on our website, uh, chargepodcast.com. Perfect. Look, you can find it there. How handy is that? Yeah. We got the links for you. So shout out to Jake and Danielle. Woo! And congrats on the music video. It's Woo! really, really good. Sweet. I love it. All right. Well, uh, I think that about wraps up this uh, Choose Your Own Adventure adventure. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, as always, I've been Chad. And I'm Eric. And together we have been... Jerick! Bye, y'all. That's us. Catch you later. See ya. Peace, love, and Jerick. <laughs>